A Small Good Thing by Raymond Carver is one of the most moving short stories and one of my favorites. It's a story of a young boy named Scotty who on his seventh birthday steps into a busy street and is accidentally struck by a car. Initially told by the doctors that their son would recover, Scotty's parents watch in horror as their son slips into a coma and dies. Days before, Scotty's mother had ordered the perfect birthday cake for her boy, a chocolate cake featuring rocket ships made of ice. The baker, completely unaware of what had happened, begins calling the parents to remind them of the cake and to collect his money. Believing at first it's a cool joke, Scotty's mother then remembers the cake. Enraged and filled with grief, she and her husband drive to the bakery at midnight, and when they arrive, and before she can explain, she screams at the baker, My son's dead. He's dead. And the baker invites them in, asks them to sit, and serves them hot cinnamon rolls. You probably need something, need to eat something, the baker says. You have to eat and keep going. Eating is a small good thing in a time like this. There's more. Eat up. Eat all you want. There's all the rolls in the world in here. The reason I love this story is because it summarizes so beautifully the power of connection and empathy in the midst of grief and brokenness. The baker could not bring back their son. He could not undo what had happened to Scotty. He could not even begin to understand the depth of the depth of their pain, but he could feed them. And through that simple act of kindness, through that small good thing, they were comforted. They felt God's presence. Perhaps Christ was revealed to them through the baker's roles. My friend and colleague, the Reverend Drew Harmon, noted in his own writing this week that God seems to have a preference for that which is broken. Broken people, broken relationships, a broken world. God seems to show up most intimately in broken moments and in broken places because Christ himself was broken on the cross. In today's gospel, the risen Christ takes bread. He breaks it. And he gives it to two of his disciples whose hopes and dreams are broken. They do not know it is Christ who is sitting before them. They've been walking and talking with him all day. They've shared their grief with this stranger. They've shared that their hope for the world has vanished. It disappeared when their rabbi was nailed to the cross. They've heard a rumor that the tomb is empty, but they haven't seen it. For all they know, Jesus is dead, the world remains the same, and their hopes have vanished. We had hoped he was the one who would, who would redeem Israel, they say. 
Later that night, at supper, the stranger sits with them. He takes bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to them. Suddenly their eyes are open and they recognize him. In the midst of their pain and fear, Christ breaks through. In a broken moment, in a broken world, to broken hearts. I recently heard a story told by a man recounting a visit to China many years ago. And in this particular Chinese province, Christianity had been suppressed for many years. There was no state-sanctioned church, no missionaries were allowed, and it was rumored that the faith had completely died out in this particular area. But one evening he was seated at a restaurant when he noticed a small group at a table nearby. The man at the table took bread and said to those with him, Do you remember? We remember, they said. A few moments later, he took a cup and he said to the group, Do you remember? We remember, they said. And the man sitting nearby realized the faith hadn't died out at all. They remembered. They knew Christ would show up in that small good thing. In the act of eating and remembering in spite of and because of the broken world around them. Barbara Brown Taylor has noted that in the Gospels, whenever Jesus is given bread, he breaks it. As humans, we often believe that God wants our perfection. That God wants a complete product, something without blemish. But as Taylor puts it, whenever we try to offer God wholeness, we soon realize that God would rather have our brokenness. I think the story of Emmaus teaches us that Christ is being revealed all the time, all around us. In the midst of this broken world, in our broken lives, in our dashed dreams, in isolation, in loneliness, in fear, in sickness, and in death, Christ is breaking through. We simply need to trust our burning hearts and to see the world with resurrection eyes. To see the hope that is all around us in healthcare workers, in a call from a friend, in the face of a neighbor who can only say hello from a distance, in the faithfulness and love of parents managing to feed edu and educate their children while still working eight-hour days from home. Do you remember? Look around. Christ is breaking through. The brokenness of this world cannot hold him back. Instead, it is inviting him, longing for his healing touch. Christ is risen, and he is still with us. Amen.